0: Ave Maria Radio and Renewal Ministries presents Fire on the Earth: A Compelling Look at the New Evangelization through Inspiring Teachings, Interviews, and Testimonies. Welcome, friends. This is Peter Herbeck, your host, and we're going to continue to look at this week the teaching of Saint Paul, elements from First Corinthians, uh, his first letter to the Corinthians. I just want to mention I'm also continuing to just kind of battle a little bit with a with a cough and a stuffy nose. I hope it isn't too obnoxious listening to me, but anyway. So we're at Chapter 2, verse 6. By the way, if you haven't had a chance to tune in the program this week, I encourage you to go to our website at RenewalMinistries.net. You can listen to the programs there or download them on whatever device works for you. Best way to connect, I think, with us is uh, Renewal Ministries and all the work we're doing, TV work, radio work, our podcasts, our YouTube videos, our international mission work, our uh, conferences around the country, uh, priest retreats, all kinds of things that we're involved in our team is doing. You can download the Renewal Ministries app and it'll give you immediate access. You can listen to the programming and uh, the radio programming any time of the day, whatever is convenient, on your run, on your walk, whatever. So, chapter 2, 1 Corinthians, verse 6 and following, Paul had just said, you know, he he's describing to the Corinthians how he came to the Corinthians. He came with the power of the gospel, which is what? Is the wisdom of the cross, the proclamation of the of the folly of the cross, Jesus laying down his life for the salvation of the world. And God, God vindicated, God communicated his wisdom through that very unlikely, seemingly contradictory reality of a crucified Messiah who's raised from the dead. And he's now at the right hand of the Father. And, and Paul, who was this great rabbi, great teacher, He too would have thought he thought it was all folly when he first heard about it, right? It's foolishness. He called it let's go back for a minute to the beginning, he says, but we preach he said, for the Jews demand signs and Greeks seek wisdom. But we preach Christ crucified a stumbling block to Jews. So Jesus is a stumbling block. What's the big stumble? The big stumble is the Messiah they're waiting for isn't someone who dies on a cross. He's, he's like King David. He, he's a victorious king. He leads the people of Israel, just routs their enemies, establishes the kingdom, you know, again, and the strength, the pride of the people of Israel. So, and then the folly to the Gentiles is the, the foolishness, you know, to the Greeks to say, this, this doesn't make any sense. You know, the eloquent preaching and the philosophy of the Greeks and the, the, their debating and their, their convincing way of, Public argument and then the rest of it, the, the, the folly of the cross rejects both those, you know, that the, the cross really takes the carpet right out from under both of those postures. A a particular messiah that's going to bring about what I described and then man relying and leaning on his own capacity to make right arguments and his own philosophy and his own eloquence, leaning on that. And these are the things that These different parties are leaning into and thinking, this is the road, this is the way of strength, this is the way of meaning, or this is the way we find our values, and we find these things compelling. And God exposes them all as folly and a foolishness. And it wrecks us. You know, it wrecks them. And even today, a lot of people say it's folly. First, many of the tech giants, people who are driving the world today in so many ways are open about the fact that they don't believe in God. They reject the idea of God. It's folly, it's foolishness, it's a distraction. We need to move on from this. We we know now that that's not real. That's just something human beings create to comfort them on this very difficult journey, you know, this battle between matter in motion and and the evolutionary process and all that. And so what we see here is Paul's having encountered the ground of reality. He encountered the Lord. And so he came in fear and trembling to the people in Corinth, like with great humility. He wasn't pounding his chest and asserting his, his genius and asserting his eloquence and being the one who's in control, which is a lot of what happens in the world today. The, the smartest, the more, the most articulate, the most powerful, the most sophisticated, the wealthiest, right? Carried the day. But just as in this time, in Paul's time, when God exposed the foolishness of the world, it's also happening today if we open our eyes and we see it. All the money, all the wisdom, all the power, everything that's going on that we have does not solve fundamental human problems. It doesn't answer the question where, where do we come from, why are we here, where are we going? It doesn't deal with the sin problem. It doesn't deal with the death problem. It doesn't deal with the whole spiritual reality of what human beings are living in their heart, just pretend it's not there. But what Paul now is getting at is he's saying he came with fear and trembling and simply proclaimed the folly of the cross. He's saying, where is life? Where is the wisdom that reveals everything of the depth of the human heart, what is most needed, what we most need, that brings fulfillment and sanity? And eternal life, yes, it's in the folly of the cross, he says. It's right there. God raised him from the dead and vindicated what was revealed there, the truth that's revealed there. And so he goes on to verse 6, he says, Yet among the mature we do not impart wisdom, although it is not a wisdom of this age, we do impart a wisdom, excuse me, although it is not a wisdom of this age or of the rulers of this age who are doomed to pass away. So there is a wisdom that is communicated. It's the wisdom of God. It's not the wisdom of the world that Paul says so clearly. We have to be able to say this out loud, friends. The wisdom that the world is leaning into, that the rulers of this age, that's the demonic powers that are present in the world, the rulers of this fallen world, and those who are aligned with them, whether they're consciously doing it or not, but who have rejected God, they're leaning on their own wisdom, they're leaning on the foolishness that literally is in the world. And Paul says, these are doomed to pass away. We know it for sure now. He said instead, but in verse 7, but we impart a secret and a hidden wisdom of God, which God decreed before the ages for our glorification. The secret, hidden wisdom of God. Remember what Galatians told us? That in the fullness of time, time reached its its fullness, its pregnancy. You know, it came to term. This growth of the revelation of God happened in the coming of Jesus. I love this line. that None of the rulers of this age understood this, this secret and hidden wisdom of God, which is revealed in the crucifixion, the passion, death, and resurrection of Jesus and the new life that's in him, the new creation, the kingdom the new life in the Holy Spirit. None of the rulers of this age understood this, for if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, what no eye has seen, nor ear heard, nor the heart of man conceived, what God has prepared for those who love him. The prideful human heart on its own resources could not access this hidden wisdom of God, the love of God, that flows from the heart of God, what God has prepared for human beings, which is completely revealed in the life, again, passion, death, and resurrection of Jesus. It's not revealed in the wisdom of the Greek philosophers. It's not revealed simply in the teaching of the rabbis. It's not revealed in in AI. It's not revealed... And, you know, the wise in the world today, but the wisdom of God comes to us through foolishness of the cross, which requires humility, which is why it's mostly rejected because it requires the human mind and the human heart to be humble, to be receptive, to not insist on its own way. And the energy, the disordered energy that's in the world is the pride of mind and the proud will of man that insists on its own way and refuses to be humble, to bow down. So the rulers, if they would have known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. I mean, this could also in some ways refer to the demonic rulers of this world because they did the one thing The devil did the one thing he never should have done. He crucified the Lord of glory. He shed the blood that brought down his own kingdom. There's no forgiveness of sin. The human race was dead, Paul said. Dead in what? In our sins. And slaves, Paul says, to the world, the flesh, and the devil... You were dead, and the Lord came and gave you life. There's no way out of the death-directed destiny the human race under the power of sin and death is in. There's no escaping it. Paul uses strong terminology in the New Testament. We're enemies of God. And He came to us. He came to His enemies. And He laid down His life for His enemies because He loves us. And he made a way for us. It says there is no forgiveness of sin without the shedding of blood. You know, the blood of goats and lambs in the temple was a foreshadowing of the offering of Christ's life, of Jesus, the Lamb of God, offering himself for the salvation of the world, his precious blood. The blood of goats, rams could not do it but the precious, precious blood of the eternal Son of God washes clean all the sin, all of what separates the human race from God our Father. He comes to rescue. He comes to save us. In that shedding of just one precious drop of the blood of Jesus Christ, I believe is what brought down the whole kingdom Of darkness because the accusation the the sin sick condition we were in that we could not get out of was broken the devil's rule the devil's kingdom was brought down by humility and love these are the powers that are present in the kingdom of God it's worth meditating on that friends and This is part of the the wisdom of God and the mystery of God. And we see what is truly eternal and powerful and precious. Humility, love, right? Gentleness, kindness. That's demonstrated. Obedience. That's demonstrated in the life of Jesus. And the world hates it. The fallen world hates it. None of us want to choose that. The flesh re- recoils against it. No, I want to be first. I want to be recognized. I want to move the chess pieces on the board. I want to. I want to have power and pleasure and influence. It's just so strong. The world of flesh and devil—it's still here. But Paul re- talks to us now. We'll see today, and we'll make our way through Paul's. Uh, tomorrow, I think, is Paul's conversion. We're going to look at is the presence of the Holy Spirit. For the Spirit searches everything, even the depths of God. For what person knows man's thoughts except the spirit of the man which is in him? So also no one comprehends the thoughts of God except the spirit. Now we have received not the spirit of this world, but the spirit which is from God, that we might understand the gifts bestowed on us by God. Paul's touching something so significant and easy for people to forget. We're going to talk about this more tomorrow in the context, I think, of, again, of reflecting on Paul's conversion. I hope you can join me and ask your friends to do the same. God bless you. Have a great day. Each program of Fire on the Earth with Peter Herbeck can be downloaded at AveMariaRadio.net and RenewalMinistries.net. Fire on the Earth is a production of Ave Maria Radio. Friends, I'd like to offer you my new booklet, Receiving Fire. Jesus said, I have come to cast fire on the earth, would that it were already ablaze!" That fire is the purifying love that burns in the heart of Jesus. A fire of grace for those who receive it, but a fire of judgment for those who refuse it. If you'd like a copy of this free booklet, call one 800 or contact us on the web at renewalministries.net slash foe. That's renewalministries.net slash foe.